Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, I hope you're ready because we got a good episode tonight. You. (laughs) (laughs) Super ready, it sounds like. Matt, can you follow the yo? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Sounds good to me. All right. <clears throat> Last week, we did the first part of Point Counterpoint. What old wrestling does better than new wrestling? This week, it's going to be what does new wrestling do better than old wrestling? Here's the thing. I am hoping that we hear from you guys uh, with your responses to what we have to say tonight. We've got social media presences set up, so I would love to hear from you folks on them. Uh, Brad, what's uh, what's one way they can get in touch with us? Uh, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. That is Four Corners Podcast. That is the number four corners as a single word podcast. All right. And then our social media superstar is Matt <laughs> over on Twitter. Uh, yeah, we are uh, at we are <laughs> we are on Twitter. Sorry, you got me kind of tickled here. Um, <laughs> we are on Twitter at, at podcast four corners. That's the capital P in podcast. That's the number four and four corners. Podcast four corners. That's where you can find us on Twitter. <clears throat> no controversy. Nope. Just. just... We are on Instagram. It is four corner capitals because I don't think capitals matter on uh, on Instagram, and I know they don't let you have spaces. So that's uh, just hit us up on there. We're trying to add some stuff on, <laughs> and we want you guys to know that uh, we are an affiliate with Collar and Elbow because they are a great company. Those guys, Collar and Elbow, is the wrestling brand. They have quality apparel on. Excellent material with new designs every quarter. They're comfortable. They're reasonably priced compared to the $30 shirts that I still want to call it shop zone. It's not shop zone anymore. It's WWE shop, but compared to the $30 prices, you know, it's, I think that this is just quality stuff to get. And, uh, I'm, you know, I have some, Brad has some, Matt has some, and we've Mm -hmm. all been very happy with it. I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I just got the. I actually just got the their new lion one, which is really nice. Uh, that would be Kings. Uh, my wife has that one. Uh, she particularly liked that one. We bought that at uh, at WrestleCon in New York for WrestleMania weekend. I got um, High Risk, which is the one that has like an eagle on it. Um, that's a really cool one. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of the third one I got. It has a it's a yellow shirt with a red devil on it. It's oh, it's parts unknown. Oh, that's a really cool one. It uh, actually looking at it now, it's it's a devil, but it's really more like a Japanese like oni, like an ogre type. Ooh, I might have uh, to get that one. It's really cool. Um, yellow's not even like a a favorite color of mine, but it's just yeah, a really like really sweet uh, shirt. And they actually are doing a sale right now. Yeah, uh, it looks like. It's at least five dollars off a lot of the shirts, so you can get you can pick up this stuff for twenty dollars when it usually would be uh, twenty five. But and mm-hmm. 
with that, if you use the promo code Four Corners Podcast, that's the number four, capital C and corner, capital P and podcast with no spaces, you get 10% off your order. <clears throat> so, hey, get some quality stuff, some fun, uh, fun designs, and comfortable, comfortable shirts. Can I uh, can I actually give them a slight a plug for another product of theirs? I'm uh, looking at I'm, I'm looking at their website right now. They have a I almost want to get this. Uh, maybe I will. Um, they have a T-shirt uh, that's titled Boyfriend, and it's done in like the really old you know like the old school like I don't know probably like 60s romance comics. Yeah. It's okay, like it has yeah. a woman. It has a woman. Oh, on that there. one. Yeah, yeah it has, a, it has a woman who in, is like crying in the foreground. In the background, it's like a picture of a dude in a, in a suit, but she's crying, and her thought bubble says, "Oh my God, why can't my boyfriend wrestle?" <laughs> it just, it's a really funny little T-shirt, um, but that's on sale now for twenty dollars too. So, yeah, and they're great shirts. Mm-hmm. And then a man that we know needs a shirt. Who would that be, Matt? That would be the great Epico Cologne. Um, I would actually buy Epico a collar and elbow T-shirt uh, if he only tells me what one he wants. Maybe he'll like the uh, the King's one. Okay. he's a king of wrestling. Yeah, man. Well, if we if we hear from Epico, we're gonna we're gonna send him a shirt. Mm-hmm. So uh, so Epico, if you're out there, man, that's I know that's I know that's an incredibly tempting offer. I know that's so super intriguing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we uh, yeah, we'll, we're not kidding. We'll we'll definitely take you up on that. So last week, like I said, we talked about what old wrestling did better. This week, we're going to talk about what does new wrestling do better. I kind of expect that we're going to have some uh, kind of expect we're going to have uh, some crossover on our stuff, but that's okay. We're gonna sit here, and I'm, I'm gonna say, tell me, guys, what, um, what did? Uh, sorry, folks, for the folks at home, I'm gonna apologize. It is springtime in Kentucky with weather swings, which means if you don't have allergies, your sinuses are are still gonna explode. And um, I'm I'm trying to fight off. I'm trying to. I'm working hard to be here to bring you quality content, and uh, so I'll apologize if I don't exactly sound on my game, but. Um, you know, trying to fight the, trying to fight the exploding sinuses. <clears throat> but we're going to talk about what does new wrestling do better. Now, tell me, guys, which one of you uh, would like to to kick us off with something new wrestler does new wrestling does better than old wrestling? Um, I'll start us off. So I think, I think the 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 obvious one for um, what modern wrestling does better is. On a week-to-week basis and show-to-show basis, the match quality is just better. Whereas now, like, you can pretty much be safe to watch most shows and see, like, at least a good match. That's not always true on the old shows. Like, you could watch a year's worth of of a promotion and not see a good match in in old wrestling, whereas it's it's almost embarrassing how many good matches there are today. That's a really good point. Yeah, even if you're just going by WWE, you're pretty much guaranteed on any week that you'll have at least like a couple good matches that you're gonna see. Like we're um, we're recording this when SmackDown's on, or when they're doing, I guess the this the Superstar Shakeup for SmackDown. Superstar Shakeup. 
Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I'm not watching it, but I see just here and looking at the results that there was a Finn Balor versus Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a Freudian slip. Um, a Finn Balor versus um, Mustafa Ali match. And it's like, I want to see that. I'm sure that's probably pretty good. Man, that's uh, that does sound really interesting. And you're yeah. right. That's, you know, we can have... I'm sorry, excuse me. You can have some really intriguing matches uh, just because the bar is higher than it used to be, right? It's it's the putting on a good match is different than, um, you know, it's it's different than it used to be. And so putting on a, a, a good quality match is much more expected now. I would also say the, um, I also say that goes along with that though. The average wrestler is more athletic and more mechanically competent now than in the old days. So I think that helps with the, um, match quality as well. That actually feeds into one of my points is that, uh, what you see more today is you see guys who are far more athletic where in the old days, um, there are a or there were some promotions where everybody was that rough and tumble, that guy who was at the bar but you didn't want to mess with, who also happened to be uh, on the wrestling show. The you know the the issue Bill Watts had before Jerry Jarrett pointed out the issue with that. Um, everybody on there was this this roughneck tough guy, which is great if you're going to have those kinds of matches. But they also you, you probably weren't going to see like super impressive athletics. Yeah. And can, now, man, what were you going to say, Brad? Can I put can I put a little bullet point under your point because I think these two points are um, they they need to go together because it's they're kind of redundant on each other, but they go together really well. Uh Uh-huh. So my little bullet point under this for what modern wrestling does better is wrestlers today, more than any other time come in all shapes and sizes, like the variety of body type, like style type of person that does it like is far greater today than it was like back in the day. Oh, absolutely. Um, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, that's an excellent point, because back in the day, you would have just incredibly muscled dudes, um, guy like 250 to 300 pounds in that range, like, and they were pretty common. Uh, but that was obviously had its own pitfalls, like, obviously, people don't really like to talk about it, but, I mean, it was a thing where you had so many guys, like, in the in the 90s and the early 2000s dying uh, at a relatively young age, uh, from heart issues, which obviously was from years of drug abuse and including steroid abuse. Um, nowadays you're seeing guys who are, you know, healthier who, yeah. if they're doing supplements or, you know, something extra, they might be doing that. But overall, um, it's probably less likely just because physically they're smaller individuals i mean you look at some of the guys like in nxt like gargano how how much does gargano actually like weigh fuck 90 of that yeah but he's in fantastic shape and i don't think that that um for 
Um, and this is a good thing because guys can. I think that is a great thing. And, and the guys now are like quicker, they're lighter, they're, I would argue they're more athletic because the smaller you are, the less like gassed you are, the more you're going to actually be able to do. And not that every match has to be like a, you know, a luchador match, but uh, it does kind of open the doors. Like, and, and tons of people, like, look, it, as tremendously talented as a guy like Daniel Bryan is, uh, like in the 80s, even the 90s, like Daniel Bryan wouldn't have gotten a second look. He would have no. been a, he would have been a job guy. Yeah. Or let's even go. Let's even go to Mania Weekend. A guy like Dustin Thomas, like how he put on a really fun performance. And I mean, they would have never done that in old wrestling. If mm-hmm. uh, Shad, if you don't know, he doesn't have any legs. Like he has no okay. legs below his knees. And he um, he gave a guy a six one nine. Okay. Or even um, even Zach Gowan. Yeah. Well, uh, it wasn't Zach Gowan the wrong... Uh, no, he was the right one. <laughs> I thought he was the wrong one-legged no. guy to be hired. No, but... he was the one they were trying to sign. Well, it even look like a guy uh, who's on the indies right now and kind of has a little bit of steam behind him, like Marco Stunt. Yeah. Like, that's a dude who's, like, really small, and if, he, if you've never seen who, what he looks like, uh, folks who are listening, you can just Google his name. Marco Stunt. He's a guy who legit looks like he's 12 years old. Yeah. Um, Even Jungle but, Boy, though, if you're when we're going through that, like... Yeah, Jungle Boy looks pretty young. I mean, he's he is young. Like, he's in his early 20s. Um, but he's not a particularly big guy. He's, he's like, ripped, but he's small. Yeah, but he's, he's very, very talented. He's very talented, though. I, I actually was able to watch some of his matches, and he's not... I'm a little surprised at how how competent he is like it's not just all gimmick like, he's a pretty good worker yeah he his um match with janella on spring break mm-hmm. two was um was pretty good i still need to watch that show but i've seen some clips of that and, and it, what i saw was very impressive so yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great example like smaller guy uh best he could have hoped for and this is like in like the late 90s maybe early 2000s best he could have hoped for was maybe as like a light heavyweight like a cruiserweight maybe yeah, yeah. So but, we have. But, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. I didn't no, sorry. I I just I guess just trying to finish my thought. Like nowadays, like that's a guy who he signed with AEW, but if he were to eventually make his way to like the WWE, like he's potentially a guy that they could use. Sure. Insofar as they don't, you know, kind of <laughs> misbook him like they do a lot of other talented guys. Yeah. Well, that's always the caveat. Mm-hmm. Um, we have just. Just for the sake of argument, on um, on the the well, I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase this. Employed by the WWE because it's kind of hard to say whether or not some of these folks are on the roster. <clears throat> but think of the difference between <clears throat> get my Jim Cornette cough going. The differences between Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Killian Dane. Hmm. Ricochet. Um, you guys already mentioned Gargano. You know, uh, uh, oh God, now I'm gonna forget. Even throw Alistair Black in there. I was gonna throw Alistair Black, but I was kind of between Gargano and 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 Ricochet. I was kind of afraid I was treading the same ground too much. No, because uh, Black's really tatted up, so he kind of has his own look. 
Okay, fair and, enough. And style, like he's very strike based. No, uh, with Cesaro and and um, oh man, this is this is great radio stuff right now. Me filling everything up with vocal pauses. Sheamus <laughs> and Cesaro in their big, big strong dude stuff. You take the New Day. You can just look at the New Day. Those three guys and the differences between the three of them. And you mm-hmm. have this huge variety of people. Nakamura is another good example, because Nakamura is not huge, he's not heavily muscled, but his offense fits perfectly. And in that, um, you know, does it matter that maybe Nakamura is a little bit thinner than everybody else? Not even remotely. Does it matter that, um, you know, Nakamura is not, not tall and jacked and anything like that? It works for him because it's all lean muscle. You know, uh, boxers aren't huge, you know, stacked up with muscle. They're lean so that they can move and, and so that they can they can throw and be quick. And you're right, you know, the diversity on the roster, different all kinds of different people really, uh, really fits. And that's going to lead into uh, my next point, actually. I was <clears throat> uh, trying to build to this, but we have now, today, right now, uh, so much less homogenous ring product. We have so many more styles to enjoy that... There are just incredible choices that you can, you know, Brad already mentioned. We have so many things we can pick from. Do you want silly comedy wrestling? Chikara's right there. Do you want, you know, the thing most people think of? You can get WWE Network. How hard is it to get New Japan stuff? What, you said it was about $9 a month. Is that right, Brad? Uh, $9. So New Japan's a little weird because... You have to pay in yen, so the price um, varies depending on what the conversion rate is when you pay. So it runs between, I think, about what would you say, Matt? About eight fifty and nine bucks. Yeah, it, I mean the fluctuation is not much. It's no. it fluctuates maybe like a buck, buck fifty. Yeah, I'd yeah. say the most it ever is is like nine twenty. Sometimes it's like eight dollars. Mm-hmm. And even just looking at the um, WWE roster, we already mentioned some of the guys. The differences between Ricochet, between Aleister Black, between AJ Styles, between Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman. (coughs) Sorry, my apologies. Just the all different styles we can have. This is the only era of wrestling where Joey Ryan could be successful doing what Joey Ryan's doing. That's a good point. And the other thing with that, too, is you could go on Fight TV, and I think every week you could watch Ring of Honor, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, MLW, Anarchy Wrestling, Booker T's promotion, and a couple other promotions all for free, and they're all like, fairly unique to each other. Well, I didn't know you could get all those for free. Yep. If, yeah, if you search for it, there's a ton of content. And there's also stuff that's 
even Passify TV, there's there's actually promotions that run a lot of stuff or put a lot of stuff up on just on YouTube that you can easily get. Yeah. Oh, that's true. CWF Mid Atlantic does like a weekly show for free. I think. Um... I know that Capital Wrestling, um, which is based out of I think New Jersey, it's around in the New York uh, metro, area, New York City metro area. Like they do a lot of stuff. They have a show that I think it's on Fight TV for sure. I think they also put the show up on YouTube as well. And I believe CMLL puts most of their stuff on YouTube now. <clears throat> oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. I have to check that out. Um, that kind of goes to a point I made in the last episode that we are in a in a weird way we're in like a modern. Uh, the revival of like the territories, although it's not really like a geographic territory type thing. It's more just like just so many different little promotions. But because of the magic of the internet, even beyond like 20 years ago when it was all like tape trading or having to buy DVDs, um, so much of this content is just easily available online. Like you can get it for free, like we just said, or even if you have to buy shows or it, it's, they're pretty cheap now. You can, yeah. you can do digital downloads or digital replays uh, and most of the the content is fifteen or less. Uh, I've seen tons of stuff that's like ten bucks, yeah. ten to fifteen bucks. I mean, I guess if if you're gonna watch it live, some of the stuff is maybe upwards of like twenty. I don't know about yeah. Ring of Honor. I don't know how much the Ring of Honor pay per views are. You have to get you Honor watch it live Club for that. They, if, if oh, I see. If you're getting it without Honor Club, it's like forty bucks. They're the only people that hold on to that old. But I think Honor Club, if you buy like the annual membership, isn't it like 120 bucks or something? It could have yeah, gone up. It's it's not much, but I was gonna say like this past weekend I saw Anarchy Wrestling from Georgia, which used to be Wildside way back in the day. Oh wow, that's going back. They they had one of their uh, Hardcore Hell, which goes back to like the 90s. They were running that. It was 10 bucks to get it. I'm like, okay, like I haven't watched it in a while, but I'll watch it. So I paid ten bucks and I watched the show the next day after it happened. Which show was that? You cut out for a second. Oh, uh, it was Hardcore Hell. Hmm. Okay. Which, which dates back to the '90s, but it was ten bucks, and I'm like, okay, like I used to love this promotion. Like I'll give it a watch. Was it? Did uh? Was AJ in NWA Wildside? Yes. Like when he first started out. Yeah, AJ was. Abyss was. Oh yeah, because they were kind of they had kind of a working relationship with WCW for a while. Yeah, right before WCW closed, it was almost like they were trying to make them kind of like their their uh, farm league. Yeah, yeah, like kind of their developmental. <laughs> and that means that now <laughs> that uh, this is this is some, there was a transition period of us getting to this point. Uh, which was also difficult. I remember there was a, um, when I was working on the Indies, there were some rather old school guys that were working a tag match against these two guys, uh, that were called team extreme. They were, I'm not going to call them like ricochet, but they were kind of cut from that mold. So much of their offense, because they weren't big dudes, but so much of their offense was based on, you know, movement and flying and stuff like that. And and these two salty old vets basically said, no, we're not working that kind of match and, and pinned them down. So the only thing that they did in the course of this match that was in their wheelhouse was uh, like a flying cross body block 
not even off the top, just hit the ropes and do a cross body block. And so you, we, there are some people that have kind of had to be dragged kicking and screaming out of the old mentality. And if someone's going to argue with me about that old mentality, then one of the points I would say to them is answer this question for me. How many names can you think of from, we'll say, 70s and 80s? How many names can you think of that use the figure four as their finisher? Because I can come up with Flair, I can come up with Dusty, I can come up with George Valentine, or Greg Valentine, not George Valentine. Ugh. Tito used it for a while. Yeah, Tito used it. How many guys were using the same thing? About 500 guys were using the figure four. Exactly. And so now, what do we have? We have, boy, I wish this renaissance had happened when I was still working, but you mentioned that uh, Aleister Black has the uh, more strike-based offense. And between Black, Daniel Bryan, and Shinsuke Nakamura, they have kind of forced this to be more accepted uh, as a ring style, which, my God, I would have killed for <laughs> because that was what I had. Is I had a, Most of the time, I had a very strike-based ring style, but, God, people crapped on it all the time. And so uh, you have this, all this different stuff happening and all these different ways of doing it, and they can work together if... and. Uh, it's kind of necessary for him to now. I think um, I think that's a counterpoint to what we said last week about how they kept things basic and things meant meant more. I think some of that, like the cheapening of like the DDT and stuff, has forced guys to come up with more unique finishers for themselves. So instead of having five hundred guys out there doing the pile driver as a finisher, you have a lot less crossover and finishers, so moves are much more distinctly for a person. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there are that that goes into the back into the you know well you know you have this diversity now and people working different styles. So I uh, I just think that it's it's. Yes, the old style was able to do less with more, and I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that, but now there is more to do. So you still don't have to do a whole lot, but you have more options uh, of what you can do. Did that make sense? I feel like I, I lost my point halfway through. No, that made sense. You're good. Yeah, right. it made sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so my next point that I just forgot. Give me a second here. Um, sure. Oh, shit. What was it? Here, I while you're thinking about it, I can, can kind of double back to something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to kind of go back to the point that was made earlier about, like, there's... We now have, like, different types of guys... And girls. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting now that we would not have had before. Um, one of the things that I actually do think, and this is, I guess, more relevant right now, like in the in the current product, uh, not going back like to the Attitude Era so much, but I guess it's slowly been progressing. But um, it's 
this isn't like the biggest here or there. I'm not trying to make a political statement. Uh, but you're seeing, you are seeing different types of people, but you're also seeing different types of people. And what I mean by that is outside of the Becky storyline, which again is probably like a big significant thing because even though we, they did overbook everything, it's really something that a female wrestler closed WrestleMania and no one had like an issue with it. It was like, yes, this is the match we are coming here to see. Mm-hmm. That that in and of itself is a huge change. I, uh, it, th- go ahead. Oh, that, that's something I want to add too. Um, for as much as we we um, we tend to shit on Ring of Honor on this program, one of the <laughs> things and it, I don't know, I guess it's still true, but one of the things that's really stood out about them the last couple years is how, if you watch their product, like they're. Um, they have black wrestlers all up and down the cards doing different roles, different characters, and mm-hmm. it stands out in like a really like good way where a lot of promotions necessarily weren't very good with their like racial diversity <clears throat> in the yeah. 80s and 90s if it wasn't like Bill Watts. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like the point I was making cuz outside of Becky and that storyline the next biggest match that people were emotionally invested in and they were super excited at what happened with the match result was with Kofi, Kofi winning. And here you have, not that they, that the WWE in particular has never had African-American champions, but this is a, you know, an African-American wrestler who was born in Africa. And now he, you know, was able to come and be part of WrestleMania. And he won the title off a guy who everyone a year before was cheering his comeback, Daniel Bryan. And here we are a year later, Kofi wins the title and everyone, it's a beautiful moment. Uh, and that is kind of a different thing from back in like the 80s, 90s, especially like the 80s, even beyond the 80s, like the 70s, where minority workers were kind of relegated to a certain spot. And occasionally you would have breakout stars. Like back in the day, you had Junkyard Dog, who was able to kind of break through the ceiling because he was so over and he had so much charisma that he was kind of, it was stupid for them not to push him because they were making so much money off of him. But outside of that, you didn't really see that. Well, it's it's interesting <clears throat> if you go back because uh, he has his labels, but mm-hmm. if you look at how a lot of companies booked black wrestlers versus Bill Watts, like Bill Watts is actually like a fairly like, I know that word's loaded now, but his mm-hmm. the way he booked um, minorities was actually fairly progressive for the time mm-hmm. he existed and he actually took a lot of heat from other promoters because he gave ernie ladd the book while um while he was running mid-south yeah there and, was uh, um i was gonna throw in there was an interview that i listened to with bill watts and it, it, someone brought it up and he said here's the thing you look around at every other sport basketball and football and baseball and stuff and you see African-Americans, black guys, whatever term you want to use, you know, succeeding in it. How can you have a wrestling company and not have that same thing? And, you know, he was, he's absolutely right. That that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, And that's one example. There's other examples out there about how you're seeing a little bit more uh, diversity and representation um, I, I mean, again, it should it should really 
be more like how talented are people, but it. A great worker, um, but being people, and it kind of inspires probably uh, it can inspire another generation of people down the line, like African American kids who are fans of wrestling. They can see, well, you know what? Actually, if I want to get into wrestling, like I can make it. I can be champion. Uh, you're seeing it with other kind of minority groups. I know AEW um, is trying to make a point about being very inclusive. Mm-hmm. I know they they've hired uh, Sunny Kiss, who kind of has like an Exotico gimmick, but Sunny is in real life uh, LGBTQ. Um, really nice guy. Um, it's exciting to see him kind of get a big break. They have, uh, I think it's Nyla Rose, a uh, transgender uh, wrestler. They've mm-hmm. signed her to a contract. Like it's uh, again, it's neither here nor there. I'm not trying to make a political point. I'm just trying to say like you wouldn't see that like even probably 20 years ago, certainly not 30 years ago. But now you're seeing all different types of people, uh, and it it does matter in a sense because for the product to like continue to exist and thrive, like you need as many people as possible to be fans, not just for like a certain group. And I think that people are trying, at least in the modern era, they're trying to take steps to kind of make it as, as inclusive to everyone to be a fan, which I kind of like, I mean, it's, it is, it should be forever. um, I feel like the fact that it doesn't seem to matter as much. I think WWE is still a little backwards Mm -hmm. with it because they're the WWE. And I think they're always going to be a little behind the times, but Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like wrestling has become like really colorblind in this decade. Yeah. Yeah, and that it, to just as a side point, that's why I'm kind of nervous about a guy like Velveteen Dream being called up because once he gets on the main roster and like Vince is paying attention to him, I just am afraid what they're going to do with him because his gimmick isn't. It's not that he's like a gay dude. No, he's just himself, wrestler. though. He no, just... he's not. It's kind of like Prince, like, but it's he's not a gay dude. But I'm, my fear is that that's what they're just going to sidle yeah. him with. It's because like go no oh, go be days. like overly yeah, like Vince will just be like, gosh, ah, just go out there and be effeminate. And it's like, no, 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 like you're going to ruin him. Yeah, it's stupid. Dream has a very unique kind of charisma. In he's a similar so, way, so that, charismatic. Yeah, yeah. In a similar way to. Um, you know how Nakamura handles himself, mm-hmm. just in how they walk and how they move. See, I, I think it's very even, personal to them. I think he's even beyond Nakamura. I think he's like, I think he's like Hulk Hogan, like Ric Flair, The Rock, like level of charisma. I'm I'm not arguing that point. I'm just Nakamura was the first example I could come up with that would had that has the similar kind of unique way of just walking or moving around. And Dream totally has that. Where Uh, I think uh, he's hosed on the main roster is if if someone walked up to me or he came out and someone was saying to me and say, what's his gimmick? And I'd say, like, I don't know. He's just the Velveteen Dream. Like, he's just him. mm Mm-hmm. Like, I can't think about that. I can't think about everything that name entails. And it just fits perfectly, right? Yeah. What do you What do you say about Velveteen Dream? It's yeah, he's a Velveteen Dream. Exactly. That's it, right? So um, the other thing AEW is doing that I really like is it's not that it's a um, 
not that it's so much a statement, it's that the uh, contracts that are on the card is, that's where you're getting paid. If you move up the card, you're, you get paid more. And it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter who you are on there if you're if you, you know, set the world on fire and they start and they do more with you and you move up the card, you get paid more. And so that leads me to believe that they're gonna have hopefully this this very cool kind of unique dynamic with their roster. Speaking of AEW, they actually just signed uh, Shima um a couple days ago. Did they? Yeah. Uh-huh. So that kind of makes sense because they had a, at least they have some sort of working arrangement with his uh, kind of Chinese based promotion. Yeah. Which I haven't seen any of it, but I've seen kind of like the, the, I've seen like at least clips of like the, the, the workers there. And it seems really interesting. Is it, I would imagine it's very dragon gatey. It seems, it seems pretty dragon gatey. Which I'm, I'm not saying that in a bad way because I, I think well, that no, would Dragon actually... Gate's popular. It's the second biggest yeah. promotion in Japan. So, Really? Yeah. Um, mm. The way it goes, the, the hierarchy's changed a lot. Uh, All Japan has made some strides the last couple of years, but pretty much it's New Japan's unquestioned number one, then Dragon Gate and DDT are two and three. Mm. So I did remember my th- my point now. So... Where I think modern wrestling is truly unparalleled is just the magnitude of creativity that goes on now. Not necessarily in the WWE, but like on the indies. Mm-hmm. Um, things like Joey Janela's Spring Break, like just some of the absurd stuff, like having Teddy Hart reading like a children's book on an indie show, or having him bring his cat out. You know, just just the weird stuff that goes on now that is really memorable and gets over. They did a match uh, at this time around where it was the invisible man versus invisible Stan. Oh, yes, that was great. And it's basically, I haven't seen it. Uh, Brad, if you have, it's you Bryce can Redberg sh- just like reacting mm-hmm. to nothing, like just running around the <laughs> arena. Yeah. Cause it's, it's literally like, it's a match that's actually not happening. Cause there's not really two invisible people, but it's, you're pretending that that's happening and you have Bryce Remsburg, the ref kind of like acting it all out. Well, they did. gimmick. It's so it's very theater of the mind, but it got over. They did gimmick a table to break. I'm not sure how they did that though. Oh, (laughs) like they set it up for a gore spot and they somehow (laughs) broke the table, but like they did like a dive off the balcony and like, I mean, it's pretty much just Bryce reacting to stuff and like refing nothing. Like he really deserves like he really deserves like special like shout out for his performance there. Mm-hmm. The um that that kind of matches up with what I was going to say is that there are so many more things to draw inspiration from now that you can get <coughs> some truly fascinating things going on and and you know to build up to uh stuff you mentioned that we already mentioned you know joey ryan we there's so many different things now that people are fans of you know it's not 
wrestling fans or just fans of wrestling, right? Uh, Rey Mysterio used to come out to every WrestleMania with different superhero-style gear. Seth Rollins has been coming out the last few years with Game of Thrones-style gear for Mania. You can have lots of different options in terms of what you draw inspiration from. There's TJ Perkins' gimmick, uh, at least part of it, was basically an 8-bit Nintendo reference. I mean, you know, his music and all that kind of stuff. So you can have much different gimmicks and personalities than you used to successfully. And I think that that's, that's just excellent. That's great. Because that, that opens it up so much. There was a guy in progress, I don't remember his name, used to have fuzzy dice that he'd stuff in his trunks. Okay. And he'd bring them out mid-match, and he'd start like doing like a pelvic thrust and have the the um, dice bounce around. And if people would grab the dice, he'd sell it like they were grabbing his nuts. And it was hilarious. Yeah. But just, just weird stuff like that, like... I, it's just, it's hilarious. Or even like um, Ken the Box or Mecha Mummy. This this kind of spills over into the last point I had for it, but we have more diversity in our entertainment now. Is it, it used, the, the conventional wisdom used to be funny, don't draw money. And then Chikara was just like, Oh, yeah? Hold my beer. I'm going in. And then, you know, you mentioned the Joey Janela Spring Break stuff. And we have just incredibly silly things going on. A very... Kind of, you can get that. You can get that style. Do you want very technical stuff? You can get that. Not a problem. Do you want high-flying things? You can get that, too. And in some cases, you can get a bunch of this stuff in the same place. And, you know, it's no longer the three-ring three circus. I, that analogy doesn't fit anymore. I, you know, you've got, I guess, even though this is kind of, this analogy is kind of falling away, you have, you know... 26 channels of different stuff you can watch. I would say 26 channels is uh, understating it a bit now. It mm -hmm. It is, but that I was just trying to come up with a, you know, a comparison. And, and what I like is just um, more so now than in the old days is just the creativity and like the matchmaking. <laughs> Like, like something like from Mania Weekend, like Scott Steiner versus Swoggle. Like, you know, it's stupid, but who doesn't, who didn't see that matchup and like raise their eyebrow a bit and go, you know, I kind of want to see that just because it's unique. I mean, who would have thought to book Rock and Roll versus LAX? <laughs> and we get these different things, right? We get these different ideas. I watched, uh, I mentioned this before we, we started recording, but I watched uh, a little while back 
um, the first half of Starcade One, I think, because I did. You know, it, it, I was just kind of happened. The first three or four matches, if I remember correctly, on Starcade One are all grudge matches, and everybody starts bleeding in the first minute or two. Because that's, if it's not a technical match, then it's a brawl. And that's it. And if we take that and compare that to just about, compare that to Mania this year, or Wrestle Kingdom, or, you know, take your pick. There's so much more variety now. And that means that you don't, you're not telling the same story all the damn time. Right? I think that's wonderful. I think that's that's great and that that pushes people to do new things or if you have your thing and that's what you do it doesn't hurt you to keep doing those things because somebody else is going to do something different. I also think it helps um I know I know a lot of the old guys complain about kayfabe and it being broken but I think that really opened a lot of people up because with the crowd like being willing to meet you halfway, it opens you up to doing stuff like the Invisible Man versus the Invisible Stan. Okay, yeah, well, I mean, it, it helps. You've got flexibility there. Um, it doesn't hurt, right? Or even like... um the Orange Cassidy Chris Daniels thing like and having the crowd treat it like it's it's um actually going on or the guys in Chikara that used to go to would do something to make the match go slow motion and then the crowd would play along and react in slow motion like things like that I think um I think like the having kayfabe kind of a little broken opens you up more creatively creative wise well that's um the old analogy was chocolate and vanilla of of chocolate was new york rock and wrestling style stuff and vanilla was nwa southern style stuff and that's cool right because then you can you look i like my chocolate you like your vanilla don't get your vanilla in my chocolate i won't get my chocolate in your vanilla that's fine but now we've got all these different flavors again and so maybe you do just like your artichoke ice cream. But if you get some chocolate in your artichoke ice cream, you're okay with that. Um, and, you know, that's fun. I, that That's fun to me. Matt, you've been quiet for a minute. No, I would agree. Um, I guess I don't really... <laughs> <laughs> much beyond that um yeah i think this one's hard because i think it's i think it is like something that's really true so it's kind of it's hard to talk about a bit because like the second you think about it, you're like oh that's true because it is true like like think about all the weird shit like that went on like mania weekend and how great a lot of it was like you wouldn't have gotten that 20 years ago no he I mean, not that comedy didn't exist back then, but some of the comedy stuff, I think, it does it. It is kind of like amazing that that stuff is coming out. Like the I was there for the Orange Cassidy Christopher Daniel stuff, and it was tremendous live. Um, some stuff like probably would it, 
it probably wouldn't happen back in the day either. Like the a lot of, some of the Joey Ryan penis stuff wouldn't or the happen. or the PWG like uh, thumb up the ass like conga yeah. line that tends to happen. Or some of even like the the really funny like Chikara spots like the uh, like the classic one was like the the grenade. Oh yes. yeah, the grenade spot was that with Chuck T. Yeah, Chuck Taylor yeah. or yeah. loose ice creams like like doing like the flip behind a guy and just pinching him on the ass. Or Lowe's ice creams uh, treating a bag of sprinkles yes. like it's a bag of thumbtacks. I showed that <laughs> I showed that to my wife while we were watching the Chikara show and she thought it was hilarious. Yeah, just some of that really creative stuff. And that's just like the comedy stuff. I was just kind of thinking about that since you you mentioned it. But uh, yeah, like a lot of it, there is a lot of room for creativity now, too. Just like you said, like with some of the Janela stuff, uh, who would have thought like Steiner versus Swaggle? Like that's it's kind of like a freak show match, but it's like they were able to kind of do something interesting with it. So it's like it just does kind of show like there's. I mean, I think that this is where the modern product, like you're, you're benefiting by the fact that with the technology we have now, you can put stuff out on the internet or you can have stuff available for download or streaming or things like that. So back in the day, they didn't have that. It's really just like, well, is this even back in like the, the 90s? It's like, oh, my God, is uh, is ECW on in my area? Let me check my local public access channel. Yeah. Uh, and it, oh, I see it comes on at like. 3 p.m. on a Sunday, or it doesn't. Let me, um, <laughs> yeah. let me, let me pay them twenty dollars for two shows on a VHS tape that they will mail to me intermittently. Yeah, right. Uh, but nowadays, you're able to have like so much content, and that that also kind of frees things up where you can have uh, just different stuff. I know, like Brad, you talked about how you're going to try and get into kind of game changer wrestling. Uh, and they do like deathmatch stuff, but they also do a lot of non-deathmatch stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually just saw announced uh, today. By the time this airs, it'll be like a week old news. But they just, I guess they've they they're having um, Kenta. Kenta. Yeah. Come in for a match in uh, I think in June uh, to one of their shows up. Uh, I think it's in New Jersey, but like that's that's really interesting. You're kind of seeing like a really variety of different stuff that's that's out there but funny you should mention that so i i i um i said i wanted to get into them they had a double shot coming up in may and mm -hmm. fight tv if you got both of them it was 23 dollars. so i got that and then i had enough credits to get like their philly show that's next weekend so i got the next like three game changer shows for like 23 dollars and I mean, a pay per view in like '97 would cost you thirty bucks, which is like fifty dollars now. Mm -hmm. So I mean, just the just the affordability of that—that that even if I had paid the ten dollars, I would I was getting like nine hours of content for thirty bucks. Like, okay, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think like there's a the way wrestling has like embraced, I think modern technology has been really nice yeah i mean we could we could talk at length just about the the kind of risks that the wwe took with the network yeah uh which i mean i don't know what their subscription numbers are right now i don't think it's uh, ever paid off like it's supposed to have it you know i was actually thinking about that the other day it, it has and it hasn't like it it has it probably has it in the sense that 
they've sunk a lot of money into it, and I don't know if the subscriber base uh, is kind of equaling it out. Like maybe it's maybe they're breaking even on that, maybe not. But it's paid off in the sense that because we live in an era right now where companies are just starving for content and for uh, kind of digital streaming and things like that. Like I think that the network and everything has kind of helped them leverage some of their TV deals. Yeah. I think that I, I, I'd have to look again. I don't even think they've ever actually hit their like initial subscriber projections for like the first year, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, but like it's, it's changed the wrestling world, even if it's been like a failure for them, like it's changed the wrestling world in a really positive way because <sighs> could you imagine, like think about yourself 10 years ago. Now think, think about what your favorite promotion was 10 years ago and what if someone came up to you 10 years ago and said, hey, for $10, you'll be able to watch streaming, which you wouldn't even know what that was. But um, you'll say you'll be able to watch every show this company puts out for $10 a month. And you'd be you would say, get the fuck out of here. That's impossible. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I would have to like beg my parents to get. Uh, a pay-per-view that I wanted and I have to like pick and choose my battles. It'd be like, Oh, there's like this really one. There's this one that I really want to watch. So like, let me at, let me beg for that. And then I'd have to wait. Like, uh, I can't really ask for another one for like three, four months. So I think, I don't know if, if we're going 10 years ago, I think you can kind of hearken to, it's not the same, but a step in the direction we're in was TNA starting with the, $10 $10 weekly pay-per-views. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But I'd argue it didn't just change uh, the industry, which I, that's certainly true. Um, it's also kind of changed things with other sports. I mean, UFC just signed some sort of exclusive deal with uh, ESPN for yeah. their ESPN Plus to have all of their pay-per-views now on ESPN Plus. So um, I, I don't know if it was foreseen like five, six years ago when they were starting up the network but uh certainly the model has gone towards streaming services and i think that did help them because their big corporations are kind of like starving for content so i think that 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 has helped them in the long run um but it has helped the industry in that yeah like you have you have companies like fight tv that are basically just like mediums to stream these shows but it has to be helping these smaller companies right because i mean some of these, like Game Changer, like un- until this weekend, really, I hadn't really heard of a lot about them. But now I can easily access their content. And online, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think just getting some eyeballs from j- the spring breaks, like I think, I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of people like me that are kind of like, you know, I really don't like deathmatch wrestling that much, but their shows like have so much creativity. Like I think I can, I think I can sit through the deathmatch stuff if the rest of the stuff is good. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, too, like, I know Matt knows because I know he was into the DVD scene when I was. But, man, back in the day, like, even, like, the Chikara DVDs were, like, $20 a pop. Yeah. Well, back in the day, I may have used other means sometimes oh, yeah. to <laughs> acquire those. But even, like, there shows, were... <laughs> even, like, getting VHS, like, I'm going way back for this, but like before like torrents were a thing or anything, but man, getting like VHS for like new Japan, that was like, I think you're, if you could get them for 10 bucks a tape, you're doing good. Yeah. I think actually, I think, um, 
what is Slam Bam Jam now, which was, I think, WrestleHolics back in the day, you could bulk buy and get, like, a decent deal. I don't remember what Lynch I remember did. buying the first Ring of Honor pay-per-view, and I think I got it out of... <laughs> this will tell you. I think I got it out of a bargain bin for 10 bucks. Oh, the the Matt, Master, Matt Masters or whatever? Those co- commercial ones they released that were, like, kind of, like cuts of their shows no no no. this was the first ring of honor pay-per-view um it was headlined by american dragon brian danielson aka daniel bryan um versus low-key versus oh. christian daniels oh yeah they did um so they did what they did is for a brief time with like the first five or six ring of honor shows ever they did them like they did a commercial release where you get them for like 10 bucks and yet, that's that's the price I found it for yeah. in the bargain bin. That's, I guess that's Sam Goody for you. Yeah. Well, they're probably selling it for twenty bucks, so you've still got a good yeah. deal there. Um, yeah, probably. But man, what were Ring of Honor DVDs back in the day? Because there was that odd time. I I don't know if you guys remember where trying to get a show on DVD actually cost more than VHS for like a couple years. Mm-hmm. That is why my copy of ECW The Best of Cactus Jack is on VHS. Ah, uh, yes. Now that's 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 a I think that's a rare find. But I remember I remember I used to get my new Japan stuff on VHS and like um man just the you'd have to wait to get it mailed like this big old box would show up. Then you'd have to figure out where to put your VHS tapes. Like it's just come a mm-hmm. long way. Yeah. I wonder what Jeff Lynch used to sell for. I don't remember. Uh, he was pretty affordable. I haven't ordered from him in forever. I think he's like six or I think he's between like six or seven dollars a disc. I'd have to look. I think yeah. I think at least the base was like six bucks, and then. Uh, depending upon how long the show was, it would have to be burned on two or even three DVDs. Yeah, I know his pricing gets a little wonky if you have to go back to something he only owns on um, VHS because mm-hmm. he has to do some extra work. But yeah, he gets talked about a lot on this show. <laughs> but, you know, I, I wish that I actually I should probably try and order something from him sometime in the near future because he has. We talked about it before, but I mean, he the the guy has everything from japan and even random stuff and that's going back like decades i've like decades i i fell off i was getting um i was getting all japan women from him because mm-hmm. i was gonna go through and watch a lot of it but i kind of got distracted i need to start ordering those again mm-hmm. <sighs> so much stuff to watch so little time dead serious if you find me on one of his things i'm going to freak out i'd have to look I... he has he has a lot of stuff so, all right. Well, guys, was there anything else we wanted to talk about uh, new wrestling doing? But the other, I guess the other thing I can say about new wrestling, and again, this is kind of an inside baseball point, um, is that we have a much healthier locker room of guys. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. Instead of the... The, the old um, party culture that went with so much of it. Now, you have these guys who are, you know, they don't 
go out and party much and they they you know they're aware of their health so they're trying to make good choices based on it and <laughs> you know they're spending a lot of time you know what are they spending their downtime doing if, if they're friends with Xavier Woods or playing video games with him or something like that but just the fact that I think we're going to see a much longer lifespan out of these guys. I I want to shill for I want to shill for Xavier Woods for a minute. Sure, uh, absolutely. So there was an episode of Up Up Down Down within the last six months, I think, where they went to AJ Styles' house and looked through his um his um retro video game stuff, and he had a I think it's called a Neo Geo X, but it was a handheld Neo Geo, and I was very jealous of what was probably like a one thousand dollar handheld, but. So, check that oh, episode yeah. out. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Um, yeah, AJ's a big video game collector too, and you I, know you have a batch of people. I think we're also in a point where there are more honest to god nice guys working in the wrestling business than there had been in the past, because. Any stories about guys in the uh, in the just rank rank utter bastards, right? Well, um, funny you should mention that because so um, the guy that does the Legends of Wrestling card game has to Mm -hmm. deal with a lot of the wrestlers, and he says it's um, the the guys that were the heels are actually a lot easier to work with and a lot nicer guys than the faces tended to be. So Mm -hmm. I think. and I can kind of see that, but yeah, so maybe some, it feels that way because a lot of the nicer guys were playing the bad guys. Well, being a heel means that you, yeah, you get to do fun stuff and that sort of thing, but for lack of a better term, sooner or later you're going to eat shit and lose. But that's that's part of the story, and that's you know that going in, or at least you should. Because everything's not the NWO, and and you know tries to run forever. Um, and I think there's something to be said for not like getting that fan appreciation like up front. Yeah. The I, I just I, I feel even if you don't get the fan appreciation up front, you know why you're not going in. It's, it's a, uh, understanding as you go. So, you know, like I know why, and it's not a, you know, it's not a big deal. So, um, maybe that should have been something that old wrestling did better was draw heat, given what happened to so many of the guys. Um, but the, just just thinking about it it's I, I i feel like we're probably going to see more stories about the the current rosters probably being nicer guys too cuz there's you know more stories get out there about the guys that are just complete and utter trash to work with and those stories get around and folks don't like it yeah, I would agree with that. Because I think, like, I think, um, because I'm listening, and Matt and I had a conversation about this over the weekend, but I've been listening to the Lapsed Fan 
on um, World Class Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like um, a lot of Fritz von Erich's antics would not fly today because they would be more well-known to the everyday person. Yeah. So that's I think that's a good point. Yeah. That, that stuff gets out there more now. And, and people are more willing to talk. You know, the genie's out of the bottle, so people are more willing to talk about it. So, Which also I recommend to anyone listening and to you guys, like, um, the Laps fans, a, the podcasts are very long, but they're, um, they're very detailed, and um, their impression of Vince McMahon is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I, I actually am a big fan of that uh, podcast. Uh a friend of mine, Damien, he he clued me into that, and it's a it is a fantastic podcast. They do go long; the episodes are usually like three to up to like five hours in length, depending upon the show that they're reviewing. But it's actually well worth your time. Yeah, but I, mm-hmm. but, but to go into that though, they are long, but they they research this stuff like they oh, like, yeah. they get like excerpts from guys' books about like the events like mm-hmm. surrounding like that. So like. When they did like the AWA, they were like reading parts of like Stan Hansen's book and you know things like that. Yeah. The the funniest thing, and I like my again, I uh, Damien, uh, (laughs) my good buddy. He and I cracked up about this. It's such an inside joke for people who have who've never seen it. But uh, one of the hosts, JP Sorrow, they were they did this whole project like three three years ago four years ago where they were reviewing uh, at that point it was it was four years ago because uh, wrestlemania 31 was just coming out so they covered all th- the first 30 wrestlemanias um and at some point during that uh this was like when the movie Foxcatcher came out uh, for a couple of the episodes jp Sar just started doing um a dupont uh, impersonation which is basically just him uh steven carell's uh, portrayal of him from the movie Foxcatcher, but it was just like hilarious and really dark it was like really like obscure reference like if you don't even if you haven't even seen the movie you wouldn't know it but he just goes into this hi i'm john dupont because <laughs> that's how like he would talk uh but it was disturbing because he's just talking about how like yes i i know what it's like to shoot a man <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> really got wow no, it got weird, but it's it was hilarious, and those guys are like tremendously funny. Yeah, because what what I love about his events is like sometimes he just goes on to these nonsensical tangents, and you're just sitting like, oh my god, Vince has probably like done this before. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Just another sidebar, not to stand for them, but uh, they. I think it's it's the it's their episode for WrestleMania 30. They tell a great story. Where JP was, uh, his engagement, his his bachelor party, um, his buddy Jack, who's the other co-host, uh, they told the great story that for the bachelor party, they actually hired Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> for the bachelor party. And then it's it's a great story. I won't spoil it. But let's just say that it got, it kind of got to the point where they were just like, can Virgil just please leave? <laughs> Get, uh, oh my God. I, is it, you said WrestleMania 30? Yeah, that that episode. My my favorite one that JP did is um he was talking about when the those Hasbro like style ones came out, and mm. how he was like driving the people at Walmart like up the fucking wall like going in every day looking for them. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 a great show. Like, um, it's a good work show because you can knock out about half a work day with them. Mm-hmm. Because like, so I'm in the world class one. I'm I'm only in 1982, and I'm probably like nine or ten hours worth of content in. So yeah, it's great. It's very exhaustive and it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Cause you, cause I'll just find myself like doing his Vince McMahon like at weird times. Yeah. Okay. Patterson. Yeah. Get in here. <laughs> That's my favorite. Like, <laughs> Patterson, get in here. <laughs> his uh, his Vern. Well, they call him it's. They call him Vern Gagney. It's pretty funny, too. <laughs> okay. Wow. I think he refers... Doesn't he refer to, like, uh, when they do the impression, is it, doesn't he refer to, like, Hulk as, like, Terry? Terry! Probably, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've heard... What is it, dude? <laughs> I don't think I've heard him do, like, interact with, um, with Hogan yet. Oh, that's some of, like, the earlier episodes. Okay. Uh... Uh, final thought on that the, the the best thing they ever did i forget i think this is for the the SummerSlam 92 one uh there's an entire like, british bulldog um impression that i think becomes like a running joke but uh that's even darker <laughs> but, wow. but it's, uh, wow, that's cold. it's it's about it's more about davy boy back when davy boy had apparently a crack cocaine addiction oh <laughs> wow it's dark. It's very dark, but it's hilarious, and it's become like a running joke between me and Damien. Yeah, what's wow? Like- okay, because he because <laughs> the impression uh, Davy Boy would call him Mister Hit, Mister Hitman, Mister Hitman. So I just will randomly sometimes just say that to Damien, and it always gets a laugh. You know what's funny is they did an MMA podcast for Sure Dog way back in the day. <laughs> really? And I just stumbled across it, and I'm just like. These guys sound really familiar. And then they talked about their producer who is TJ DeSantis. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy shit, that's what that show used to be was like the TJ DeSantis show. Mm-hmm. So it's just a weird little like, oh, okay, I know who these guys are. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm I'm good since we've spent the last five yeah. minutes talking about another podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we've we've hit the end on this one. So this has been our uh, What Does Modern Wrestling Do Better Than Old Wrestling Did? And there's going to be some gray area. But we want to hear what you guys think. Hit us up on your social media. We'd love to hear from you. Um, do you like this comparison kind of stuff, this point-counterpoint? Let us know. And, hey, this is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. We're in three corners. You're in the fourth. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll see you next time.